Today, as we prepare for our all-parish meeting after worship, we hear from the Apostle Paul's farewell in his long letter to the earliest Christians in Rome. Let us open our ears, our hearts, and souls, and stretch our imaginations across time and space, and imagine that we are sitting among all the people that he names. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Sencrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of God's people, and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Apinatus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apollos, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong in the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, and Hermas, and the brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, sisters, brothers, and siblings, to watch for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings that you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard of your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God in spirit, for the word of God among us, thanks be to God. I invite you to join me in prayer. God, as we hear the names of the ancient Romans that Paul recalls in his letter, we invite you to join us together by our many names from wherever we are right now, whoever we may be, however you have made us, that the bonds of love, the bonds of community, and the bonds of faith bring us together, and that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts may be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. And let the people say, Amen. I know for most of you, it's been a while since you've been in the sanctuary. 
But if you're here and you walk around, you will see that there are many plaques. Some of you may have thought that scripture reading was a test for a high school student to see how many ancient Roman names they could get under their breath. I told Charles that we probably don't say them much like they did back then, so just say them with confidence and it's okay. But I realize it's been a long time since most of you have been in our sanctuary, but next time you're here, I invite you to check out just how many lists of names there are around the room plaques that commemorate faithful people who were part of our three congregations, people who fought in the world wars, people who gave money to build windows or support the endowment fund so that things could be carried forward and that these buildings would still have a home, people who cleaned and swept up or ran the church school, people who donated their time their resources, their best selves, in a place where they could grow, a place that would continue to grow and be sustained by all of us who continue this legacy. It's a beautiful thing, all these names, all these people who sat in all these pews. What Paul gives us in the 16th chapter are his greetings to the people who make up the early church at Rome. And it can read just like a, a list Years ago, the great preacher Fred Craddock gave a sermon on this text, which has inspired me to talk about it at least once before with you, and I want to talk about it again with you today as we approach our all-parish meeting. You see, in Paul's list of greetings, he starts out with a woman, Phoebe, who was clearly a businesswoman down around Corinth, did great business, supported the church greatly, and he's saying, when she comes to you, pay attention to her because she's really important, which was quite bold in the first century across the Mediterranean to lift up a woman like that. He says, greet Priscilla and Aquila. Remember how we used to have house church with them and the good times we'd have? We'd, we'd have communion to read the scripture and reflect on it, but we'd also just laugh and tell stories and share in dinner parties, just like dinners for eight. Or Epinetus. He was the first person who converted 
in the province of Asia, and we all rejoiced, someone who was following us in this grand tradition, someone who finally seemed to get it, or Mary, who worked very hard. It never mattered whatever the event was when I was packing up the hymnals or putting away the chairs. Mary would always be there helping out, serving up her best dishes from home, making sure we had plenty to share. Mary sure worked really hard. Or, or Andronicus and Junius, the uh, sister and brother, who um, had been in prison with me when we were at that protest, when Claudius's guards came and got us and locked away the key, and we thought we were done for. They survived it with me. We struggled together and are forever bonded. And goes on, and Paul mentions other people like Ampliatus and Urbanus and Stachys and Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Remember that time he got arrested and he stood up to them? And he thought he was going to lose his life too. You see, the stakes were very high for these people, and... Paul is getting ready to go to Spain where he wants to start the church even further westward. He never makes that journey. Some of these people we wonder if he even ever met. But it's important to him to call out their names because they matter. Because they were important to sharing the news, the good news, of Jesus' message of love, of acceptance, of forgiveness. And so we keep saying these names. Okay, it's gone. When I come up here to our church school floor, think of all the babies, all the nursery workers, all the teachers, all the parents, all the grade schoolers, middle schoolers, high schoolers, who have been on these floors and who have been taught the stories of the faith, the tenets of the faith, so that they might have something to hold on to, to keep dear to their hearts and their minds and their souls when they are in less familiar places, when they start out on their own. I think of all the people who come in here to study the Bible, to learn from it, just as they've continued to do online. I think of old pastor Ruin Thomas, who was the pastor of the Baptist Church at the turn of the last century. As I walk through the building, I look at all these images of people here, Ben and Gio and Armani and Tara and Micah and Amalia and Priya and Melanie and Carrie and Sabrina. I think of the blessings we have done in our worship services. I think of Travis and Alicia and Mary and Leanne and Ashwin. I think of all the times that we've been in here in our parlor and all the people who preceded us, who've come in here to enjoy concerts and meals and meetings after meetings after meetings. I think about the ways that we have prepared meals here in our little kitchen. And I think about all the songs sung and prepared for us in worship. And the way that we still got to get this room cleaned up and all our rooms cleaned up as we get ready to welcome everybody back. I think about people who've raised up their voices for the praise of God and for the spiritual nourishment of us all. 
I think of you all here in our enormous Willett Hall, one of the biggest rooms of its kind in Brookline, the place where we hold summer worship and our Thanksgiving meal, and where we've had many potlucks and meetings, and there's a dance class and a giant AA group and all sorts of groups that meet in here, like the Brookline Food Pantry housing their, their Thrives program, their backpack program for grade school students so that they have meals over the weekends and the way we've been donating that space to them all during this pandemic. This is where we'd normally be having our all-parish meeting right now so that we could discuss and celebrate the year ahead. Which brings me to our all-parish meeting, which I hope you will stay for after this worship. There are a lot of places, as I wrote you this week in the blog, where the all-parish meeting is a very tedious, often unpleasant affair where I've even heard of people coming to blows or nearly coming to blows over some tedious issue or some unacknowledged spiritual hurt that comes out in some sort of, quote, official way. I'm grateful to say that here at the United Parish, we treat our biannual all-parish meetings in November and June as celebrations, as celebrations of the way God has worked with us over the past year in anticipation of how we might work with God in the year ahead. And this... This, today's all-parish meeting, this June's all-parish meeting, is no exception. I mean, sure, like most churches, we have some financial challenges, and we've got some decisions to make, and we're also trying to figure out how to reopen safely and reasonably. But there are things we're going to talk about today, like reopening our building, as well as what it means for us to join the Greater Boston Interfaith Organization that our Stretching Into Justice team is advocating for after seven years of getting to know this organization. We're gonna talk about what it means to deepen our relationship with the Brookline Food Pantry, who has just announced that they're going to be moving their main location from St. Paul's here to our church, closer to the 66 bus line and the C line on the green line as a way to help their increased need for space to serve the people with food insecurity right here in our own town. And we're also going to be talking about what it means to use this now online platform to do more robust live streaming right upstairs in our sanctuary. These are all investments that are going to take commitment and time. It means we need to invest in our future because as we reopen our building, I think we can reopen our doors even wider to the community around us, to people in places where we can make a difference, where this beautiful, joyful, ecumenical experiment we call the United Parish in Brookline, where we share love and community and acceptance and grace, can be shared more widely out in the world, like here. And having more of a presence out here. And here. Like here. And here. Like here. And here. I think it's an exciting moment for our congregation as we emerge from this pandemic, as we figure out what it means anew to love justice, to do mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. And as I reflect on this past year, I'm so grateful to our staff, our leadership, our ministry teams, to you, the congregation, that we have remained together as much as we can with technology, with outdoor gatherings, 
with the bonds of faith and love and friendship that keep us together. And I can well imagine the kind of letter that Paul might write to us, the letter to the Brookliners. I'm sure he'd say, thank you, Jennifer. Greet Jennifer, despite the losses she's had personally during this plague, has kept us together in heart and soul. Greet Doug, who has kept the lights on and the staff employed, who has been creative and faithful in managing our finances. Greet Kate, who even though she doesn't think of herself as a leader, is a leader in so many ways just by her example. Greet Susan and Margot and Helen and Nick and the whole choir, knowing that they have sustained you with their voices. Greet Amy and Alicia and Katie and their team for keeping the church school going even when it was hard to stay on Zoom. Greet Sarah and David and Don for paying attention to the nitty gritty and keeping everyone connected in the administrative affairs of this community. Thank Deb and Mike and Peter and Kawinia and Shumin for continuing to reflect on the scriptures and the life of Jesus. Thank Adam for keeping people centered in their breath and spirit on Thursday mornings. Thanks Stefan and Karina and their team for keeping us gathered, for Deb and Holly to keep us and their teams to keep us deepening and exalting, to Sarah, Anne, and David for keeping the lights of justice alive in this congregation, their whole team, John and Beverly and all the others. Greet Ebenezer and Kate and Lisa in the ways they have helped with the finances. Greet Jenny who survived this plague and lived to be 92 years old. Greet the faithful ones who've been there for decades, Mike and Mary and Gwen and Jim, Kathy and Bob, David and Carolyn, even though they've moved miles away, who keep their bonds alive in this community. And there are plenty of more people that would take the whole letter, the whole worship service to mention. But I'm sure Paul would say, just as he said to the Romans, I am full of joy over you and encourage you to be wise about what is good, to keep on in the faith that you have been taught and to pass it on to the next generation so that they may know the ever-inclusive, ever-encircling love of Jesus Christ. And may the grace of this same Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, be with you all. Thank you, and amen.